Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Hi, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Lisa Ryan. And I'm Caitlin Menza. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Um, and be nice in our Facebook group, please. Yeah, we've had some issues with that lately. Yeah, just keep it polite. Keep it polite. Um, subscribe to the podcast, please, and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. We love and need your reviews. Indeed, to survive. It's the only way I know how I sound. That's true. <laughs> just to keep track of your voice. <laughs> What's the latest comment? <laughs> um, you can also send us an old-fashioned email at info at gallerypodcast.com. But tonight we have a very, very special episode. Sure do. It's our 50th episode. Our 50th episode. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's so bananas. I'm so glad that you started keeping track. <laughs> well, I keep track, but so does iTunes. iTunes numbers all the episodes. But the, the numbers are confusing because our trailer counts as one. Yeah, yeah. so this will be 51 in the list, but still. Um, I also sometimes hear from listeners or just friends that they start from the first episode when they listen to us. Like They're like, oh, I'm, I'm new to your podcast, so I started from episode one. It's not serious you know yeah it's not and also I feel like it's a lot better now hopefully (laughs) so I wouldn't recommend that although you should leave us a five-star review I mean if you're enjoying it go back especially those wedding episodes we were so excited and so young and we had no idea what was ahead of us but I'm always surprised to hear that people I'm surprised and delighted to hear that people binge us I'm surprised and delighted to hear that people listen to us at all it's it's thrilling thank you so much guys um so tonight we're going to talk about Megan's friends coming to her defense. Yes. Kate's glam night. And then for our 50th, we have the royal origin stories that so many of you have sent in. And we're so excited to go over those. Yes, they're very touching. So first, we're going to do um, a listener email from Danielle. Princess Danielle. Oh, That's how she signed the email. Sorry. <laughs> Would you like to read? Sure. Um, Hey, guys, I was so excited when you mentioned Princess Mary in last week's pod. She is Australian and so am I. So I instantly fell in love with her. I was just wondering, have you heard of Prince Nikolai of Denmark? He is pretty interesting and worth taking a look at. He's a model and joined the army for about two months. Um, So Lisa looked him up. He was born in 1999. Yeah. And he's not. So he's not 20 yet. So he's 19. He's a teen. (laughs) So, um. Our first instinct is always to comment on the attractiveness of royals, which do with that what you will. Um, Since he was born in the late 90s, I don't feel comfortable doing that. No, I can say, oh, yes, I can see that he's a model. But also I can say I probably would have babysat him. Absolutely. You would have. Um, She also noted, can we talk about Queen Letizia's of Spain's style? It is so modern and she looks absolutely stunning at every single event. I hope you guys have a great week. Love from Princess Danielle. Um, I also adore Letizia and I always mention her um, as someone that I kind of wish Megan would like Megan is perfect. I love what she's been doing. Um, but I just think that when you only look at Megan and Kate, you get a certain idea of what royal style has to be, that it has to be like very conservative. Um, and I just think the Spanish royals are, of course, conservative and appropriate, but incredibly stylish and cool. So sleek. Very right? sleek. And I'm just going to say my knowledge of her mostly comes from the Fug Girls coverage. They've Absolutely. done like such great fashion coverage of her and so I always appreciate that I wish that I spent more time focused on her but you know I got Megan Kate it's tough every time it's tough there's only so much room in my heart but I do love her Uh, I remember I loved the drama that we had from them last summer that was amusing yes it was um 
where she and her mother-in-law Indeed. had a little bit of it, like a momentary tiff. Yes, I love event. when it's it snuck out there. So that was great. So yes, I love them too. Um, thank you so much, Princess Danielle, for writing in. And of course, we have lots more um, listener emails and messages to come. So if you wrote to us, stay tuned, please. Yes. And stay tuned in general. Yeah, I mean, we have other stuff. <laughs> We're great, maybe, or I don't know. <laughs> okay, so well, we need a royal refreshment. Oh, oh my God. How could you have forgotten? Because I've been drinking already we, we we popped it earlier because we were worried that we would get it on all over the equipment um plus we needed it for the gram but we are drinking and now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail pink champagne from moat and chandon we're yes very fancy today and our producer matt opened it for us yeah it was highly pressurized and would have exploded in our faces so thank you matt you um, can see more on my instagram story <laughs> although it probably will be expired by the time this episode that's, comes out that's true um but it's in again in celebration of our 50th um and it's just so nice to be drinking with you caitlin i'm, I'm so glad drinking um I'm i so just want to before we embark any further into this episode I'm going to take this moment to just note that I am fresh off an airplane from Portugal like I came straight from Newark airport to this podcast recording Her suitcase is here my suitcase is very soaked in sleet and right over there um so I am massively jet lagged it was an eight-hour flight I don't know what planet I'm on I'm now drinking I had a salad for dinner which was a mistake in retrospect and we're gonna see how my words go for the next 30 minutes. That's can't, all I'm saying. Can't wait for those reviews. <laughs> That's all I'm saying is that I cannot be held responsible for how my trains of thought go. But I will say from me and probably our listeners, I loved watching your travels oh, in Portugal. You. I wish that I was there. It looked so cool. It's a wonderful, wonderful country. So now let's get into this week in royal history. And now this week in royal history. We have some Valentine's Day throwbacks because it's Valentine's Day when this episode comes out. Happy Valentine's Happy Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Lisa. You're one of my Valentines. You're one of my Valentines as well. <laughs> you, Megan, Kate, Prince George, Charlotte, Louis, my boyfriend. Yes. And he Queen falls Letizia. on that list somewhere. Yeah, it's like the royals, our boyfriends. <laughs> no, the royals, each other, uh-huh. and then our boyfriends. Sure, sure, sure. They'll so. love to hear that. <laughs> okay, so first we're going to go back to 2012. Yes. And we're going to see what Kate and William were up to. Yes. So um, the headline is Prince William sends gifts to Duchess of Cambridge. So stiff. The Duchess of Cambridge was at an event on Valentine's Day 2012. um, And they were they asked where she was or where he was because she was at an event by herself. um, And he she just said he's in the Falklands. But he sent me a card this morning. Very very romantic. Beautiful. That princely charm. Indeed. And, and then from last year, Harry and Meghan, well, they had some big travel plans before Valentine's Day. Yeah, they went to Scotland. Yeah, and they were there on the 13th. And who really knows if they were there on the 14th? I guess there's, I'm sure everyone that's listening knows and we just don't know. Well, I think they probably, that's the kind of thing that they, they could keep a secret. But they were in Edinburgh, so maybe they stayed on the 14th. Um, that's when she wore her tartan that Kristen yes. and I recently wore. Yes. And then also when Prince Harry basically had to deal with a pony trying to bite him. Yeah, that um, what I think of now when I think of that event, um, aside from the fact that it's such a great look, um, is that's how the Lifetime movie ends, is that scene of them walking into Scotland. Um, You know, remember how they're... I don't remember. I think I was drunk at that point. That is a mistake. The Lifetime movie is exquisite, um, as we discuss in maybe episode seven of this podcast. 
But yeah, they go from the fictional universe of the movie, semi-fictional, and then she steps out and it's the real footage of their event in Edinburgh on on Valentine's Eve. That's just like how in the Kate and William Lifetime movie, it ends with real life footage of the royal wedding. Yeah, exactly. And so in 2005, uh, not quite on Valentine's Day, but on the 10th of February, Prince Charles announced that he was going to marry Camilla, his yeah. mystery woman we never heard of. <laughs> yeah, NBD. Um, but yes, they chose, Clarence House chose to announce that on February 10th, 20, uh, we weren't saying 20 yet there, in 2005. I was a senior in high school. I didn't care about them at that point. I was too, Caitlin. Yeah, I, I didn't care about them at that moment. No. Um, but yes, and Prince William and Harry said they are very happy and wish the couple all the luck in the future. Luck is a funny word to use about two people in their late 50s getting married. I don't know. I don't know. It's like saying best wishes. I sh- I'm, I'm sure that's like fine. Best wishes sounds weird. I say it when I don't mean it. Yeah, it's not, I'm just saying. It like, like if I say sarcastic. best wishes to you, I'm saying like, biatch, <laughs> like leave me alone. You did spend some time in the South. Part of your upbringing was in the South. So that, it's that sort of double talk of like, mm-hmm. bless your heart. Bless your heart. Good luck on your marriage. I hope you have a nice day. Indeed. <laughs> um, so uh, we have to talk about the Meghan Markle cover story on People magazine and then her father's response. Yes, this was actually a lot. I it was all very I don't know. I have to say, being in Portugal, these are the kind of things I didn't miss. Like, I only would pay attention to things like, oh, my God, pretty outfit at the BAFTAs. And, ooh, I loved this. And not any of this garbage, but I'm willing to go into it with you. Um, So basically what happened, people had a cover story this week of five of Meghan Markle's best friends. They didn't name them, but they gave, like, identifying um, details like this one was a co-star. This one's an L.A. friend. This is a longtime friend, et cetera. And so her friends spoke out. They said that they wanted to speak the truth. Um, One of them, the former co-star, told people, Meg has silently sat back and endured the lies and untruths. Um, We worry about what this is doing to her and the baby. It's wrong to put anyone under this level of emotional trauma, let alone when they're pregnant, which is valid. And then the friends go on to kind of like tell the story of the real Megan in their perspective. The real Megan to them is this incredibly kind person who is so supportive with her friends. Like when they call, she doesn't talk about herself. She's just always wanting to listen. She cooks for Prince Harry every night. Yeah, she She sends thank you notes. And they give a lot of like anecdotes and sort of vignettes. Um, So one friend from L.A. recalled visiting the cottage recently. um, And she said, in the room she made up for me, there was a candle lit by the bed, slippers and a robe. We were the only two in the house. She made the most lovely meal. She made tea every day. It was raining and muddy outside, so the dogs got all dirty. And she's wiping them off with towels. Dogs? Plural. That's what, of all this mess, that's what I chose to focus on. She's cleaning the mud off multiple dogs. Who are the dogs? Yes. Show us the dogs. Show us the dogs. Um, so another thing that, that they said was they t- they addressed the stuff going on with Megan's family. They said that it's untrue that Megan did not reach out to her father. They said, you know, she reached out to him before the wedding. She was very upset about all of his health problems. And then after the fact, she wrote him a letter essentially saying, please stop victimizing me in the press. If you love me, like, just please stop. And then the friends say that he, in turn, responded basically saying, well, can we have a photo op? Yeah. And so that was the big story from it. I mean, there were lots of little takeaways from that, but that was a really big story. But then, of course, came the reactions. So the reactions that I saw before 
he even had his reactions where, you know, people, not people magazine, but people as in like humans out in the world were some of them were upset that, you know, the friends clearly didn't go through the palace press office because the Daily Mail said like the press office didn't know. And then there were some reactions like um, this is only going to aggravate things and, you know, comparisons to Princess Diana because Princess Diana would go around the press office when needed. I've read. So like, yeah. that's what I've read from people. Um, but so there was a lot of like mixed reactions. But I think that like the general consensus amongst people like you and me were like, of course, her friends would speak out. Megan has just been like, you know, ripped to shreds and by the tabloids, not only the past few months, but of the past two years. And she's not really been permitted to say anything aside from that Vanity Fair profile before her engagement. Yeah. You know, like she was like eons ago. Yeah. She's just had to kind of take it. And, you know, there was that one denial from Kensington Palace about one of the rumors about um, uh, Kate and Megan. But otherwise, everyone's just been very quiet. And another criticism of the people cover story that I saw was like royal insiders were like, you know, the royals have a mantra of never complain, never explain. And this goes against it. But I don't know. So some people were saying like, well, her dad's going to react. But I think that was obvious. He always reacts to literally react to literally everything. So my personal stance, if anyone is wondering, is I think that her friends did what I would want to do for my friend, which is I would want to protect them. I have no idea if Megan was involved in it. I would assume that they wouldn't have gone behind her back because like it seems like they're also protective of her. So why would they betray her? Yeah, I agree. I think she knew um, about it, but I was, yeah, I was intrigued by um, Lainey. You know, we love Lainey gossip and Mm -hmm. she had an amazing analysis of how this all went down because of course, when I saw that cover story, I was like, what were the machinations that had to happen for this story to occur? Did Megan ask them to do it or what? And um, Lainey's analysis was, yeah, that she um, went around the press office with this and um, that Megan did via her friends. Like maybe she didn't order this, but maybe her friends came up with it and she was like, yeah, go for it. And again, this is not my own reporting. I was a wee babe when this was happening in the 90s. But apparently Lainey says that that's what Princess Diana used to do was go through her friends and that's how she would get to like Andrew Morton, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. And to like quickly address whatever the letter that her dad released, which like is the most, he's done some grotesque things, but this seems like the lowest of the low to like give mm-hmm. scans of the letter to the Daily Mail. Um, and nothing shocking came from that letter, you know, aside from the fact that her handwriting is just beyond extraordinary, which we knew from the calligraphy class. But yes, but like writing a phrase is different than writing like a five page gorgeous <laughs> letter. I agree. Yeah. And the letter was heartfelt. I felt disgusting reading it, but I, I mean, we have yeah. to for our jobs. But like it, it just felt like such an intrusive invasion. And yeah. I know that he probably I mean, actually, maybe he didn't even think this. Maybe he was just retaliating. But I would assume that his thought process was like, well, this shows that like this isn't true. But it literally confirmed what her friends were saying. Everything that met like that we thought everything her friends said. It's actually amazing. This is kind of why not to compare this to reality TV, but it is sort of playing out that way. This is part of why I love reality TV, because people will just lie on camera and you as a viewer are like, I saw you do this. Like, I know exactly what your motivations are. And I feel like that's Thomas Markle. He says these things like, isn't it crazy that she won't talk to me? And then he releases letters and you're like, well, you just like you just confirmed everything she said. Like, do you not see this yourself? Or just like her friend said to people, he did ask for a photo op. Like he was like, well, why don't we like take pictures together to kind of shut everybody up? But then her friend said that uh, that Megan's response was like, 
that goes exactly against what I just said. Right. It's just, I mean, it's a big news story, but overall, like, no opinions of mine changed. None of this was surprising. Like, oh, Meghan Markle's really great. And oh, her dad's really terrible and gross. Like, none of this is different from where we were a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. It's just so heartbreaking. I know. I think I I don't think he even realizes how much he's like helping her in a way, you know. Um, Anyway, so that happened um, to we can jump quickly into she the night we're recording this on Tuesday. She went to an event, the Wider Earth Gala, and she looks freaking great. It's her first appearance since this whole gross thing went down. And so she just happens to like an absolute angel, like perfect, perfect white Calvin Klein dress with a matching Amanda Wakely coat. And you know what's so crazy because Prince Harry is so handsome, but like when you look at her, you kind of don't even see him. It's which tough. Is, which is insane because he's it's like tough. a good looking guy. Like I yeah. like what I see when I notice him, but when she's there, I'm just like, oh my God, she's so beautiful. Yeah, she looks absolutely radiant and so pregnant. Um, So that was great. And another white dress. Can I use that as a transition, Lisa? Of course. Is that a good segue? Um, We had Kate at the BAFTAs last week. She looked amazing. Uh, So when you wrote about this for the cut, you noted that she looked a little bridal. Yes. And I was like uh, messaging you while you were in (laughs) Portugal. So you were you were with me. I was writing about it. She's like, this is a this looks bridal. Right. And I was like, no, 100 percent. Well, I saw a lot of people say it was like Greek goddess. And I get that. But I just think she looks like a glamorous bride. Yeah, which is a great look. Yeah, um, yeah. It so, looks amazing. So it was at the BAFTA. She wore a one-shouldered Alexander McQueen. Um, of course, Alexander McQueen was her bridal wedding designer. So that makes sense. Um, and she had like there were little embellishments on the shoulder and she did classic hair. She wore Princess Diana major earrings of yes. hers. Um, like these just gigantic diamonds with like a pearl drop. Um, and I noted to you when we were DMing about this that I loved her makeup actually the smoky eye yeah smoky eye with like a really beautiful peachy lip um and what was so funny about this event was all the photo ops <laughs> because there were so many like royal fictional royal run-ins so she was photographed chatting with rachel vice and who was nominated for the favorite and she, she won no she won okay excellent and she met um she was photographed right with Olivia Coleman, yeah. who of course will play Queen Elizabeth on the crown if that season ever airs. And Olivia Coleman again gave an amazingly adorable, charming speech. And I just I don't know. Do you want to be on the podcast, Olivia Coleman? It's a very interesting book. Like I would be fine with hanging out with you. <laughs> <laughs> and begging you to make the crown move faster. Um, so it's just like really funny. I also saw a photo, we don't have it here in front of us, but I saw a photo of the audience and Claire Foy is seated not far from Prince William. And in the photo, she's side-eyeing, like not in a judgy sort of like gossip way. She just happens to be looking at him sideways. Like, Like, oh my God, there's Prince William, the way I would do. But it's just funny, of course, because she has played, you know. Yeah, and it's- His grandma. It's so funny because obviously- they're incredibly famous, but a lot of people in attendance are famous as well because it's mostly like, you know, it's for like film and TV. And so it's quite hilarious to me that once they enter, everyone had to be silent. So it was yes. just all of these movie stars who when they entered a room, I would be silent. Indeed. Having to be silent for the royals as they entered. Yeah. The little video of that is very funny. Um, but I just what a great glamorous week for our two gals. Yeah. I loved it. We have more nighttime gala things. Yes. Not enough of those. I love them. I love when they go full princess, full duchess, full full, full bride, full movie star, full everything. Just glam, glam, glam. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm thinking cabaret, cabaret, cabaret. (laughs) 
So do you think that the ladies dressed up this week because it was our 50th episode? <laughs> I think that's exactly it. They were like, you know, we have stuff going on in our own lives, but let's focus on this podcast that is a fan podcast devoted to us and get dressed up. Absolutely. I think the whole staff listens. Um, so we asked you guys to send in your royal origin stories. How about we read some of them from Instagram and then maybe we can share some of our own. That's a great I love that. That's a great way. Okay. So why don't you start first? These are our Instagram responses for our IG story request. At Royally Obsessed Podcast, which is a great account run by Mel, who we love. We love Mel. Everything Mel. 50 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So uh, a great one that we got was from Viola Mulligan. Uh, When Kate came onto the scene, I thought, who is the common girl? Could that be me? Oh, I hear that. Um, then we have one again this is when did you become royally obsessed one from at Madison Norman loved following Prince Harry's party days then never stopped that's fair Um, how about this is from Carla Boggs I was in love from birth my mom and I watched Charles and I wed from the hospital when I was born oh my god so she was born that's amazing what a Wow, what a great way to, as if you wouldn't remember your own child's birth, but you just like roll over. When did I give birth? Oh, (laughs) the day of that wedding. When was that wedding? Okay. (laughs) One from ML Crane 85, Kate Middleton. She started it all and now I'm obsessed with all things royal. I like the one from BP Lacey 1206. Hey ladies, I'm 59, so I became a fan in the die days and still going strong. Yes. Um, Then uh, from at Brookliz underscore J, when Will and Kate got engaged, the blue dress, that sapphire ring, the perfect blowout crown emoji. And I think the last one we'll share is from Heart Helper Mom, because this one's kind of funny. When Prince Charles was an eligible bachelor. Nice. Wow. Throwback. Throwback. (laughs) I love that. So what's your royal origin story, Lisa? When did you become royally obsessed? Um, I don't think that mine is that interesting. I grew up in Canada, so, you know, the queen was on the money. And I'm sure, I hope we have a lot of Canadian listeners and they could relate to that. But then as a child, I was interested in Princess Diana. I remember when she died. I remember where I was. I cried. I remember watching the funeral and crying and then I think that I didn't really care that much until my latter college years um, because like the year before uh, William and Kate's engagement was announced, I'd or- I've, I had already seen like pictures of them around in the tabloids and stuff, but I wasn't like that gung-ho because I was in college. And so all I really cared about was beer. And then after that, <laughs> I cared about the campus newspaper. So I didn't really have time for like what's going on off campus because I had to like break all the campus stories. Of like, course. Who's coming to campus? What's happening? But um, the, I remember reading like reports by Katie Nichol, I think in Vanity Fair. Uh, yeah, definitely Vanity Fair about Kate Middleton. And I was just like fascinated yeah. because I think when I first saw them dating, I just kind of assumed that he had to marry a royal because I didn't know much. And that's also kind of what was happening before. And so that's when I started to get interested. And it's just flown from there. I love that. Hmm. Um, Yeah, I don't think I have one distinct moment either. And I don't know that a lot of people do. You know, it wasn't like a lightning bolt. Like I just they were always around. I certainly remember um, Princess Diana's death. And I've said this before when we were talking about her and the anniversary in August. But she kind of looked like my mom. Uh, My mom had her sort of hair in the 90s. Yeah, your mom is stunning. Yes. You're stunning too, but you don't look anything (laughs) like your mom. My mom is a super tall blonde lady. So she had sort of Princess Diana hair in the 90s. And I just think, you know, that was sort of the association I made. And from there, of course, in the late 90s and early aughts, Prince William was like a dreamboat to eighth grade and ninth grade me. I just wanted to like brush his hair. Like, it's just so funny that to us, I I, I almost like he was like a 
uh, like a Joshua Jackson or a Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I'm like, what are some names I can pull from this guy? Like he was like a heartthrob. Yeah, like a teenage heartthrob to me, um, which is so funny now because I respect him so much. I would never. I'm like, I'm so sorry that I maybe had a poster of you. You're like, hello, sir. Hello, sir. Um, but yeah, I think it's sort of started from there. And what I really have always loved about them is they're just always there. Like we're living our lives alongside them and we're seeing them through all these major milestones. You know, like I remember where I was when they got engaged, when William and Kate got engaged. I remember their wedding day and um, drinking champagne before going into my job as an assistant at Glamour Magazine, which I was kind of drunk when I got there, which was great. <laughs> um, like I just remember all those moments. I've talked about when Prince George was born and I was on a family vacation um, at the Jersey Shore and we all crowded around the TV to see Kate walk out holding the baby and you know, I just love that you continue your life and then every once in a while you just get like a hit of glam from these fabulous people. So oh, I love them. I yeah. can't wait to remember always where I am when Meghan Markle has her baby. Oh my gosh, yes. And just to like touch on Meghan Markle, I know that I watched a little bit of Suits, so I kind of knew who she was. And of course, like I work in women's media, so I like kind of abstractly knew a bunch of like actresses kind of, kind of of her level because yeah. we would have to like interview them here or there. I never met her, of course. But when it was announced that they were dating or when the news broke, I looked her up and that's when I first found the UN speech that she did. Right. That is now just like so famous. But that's when I was like, wow, this girl is something special. Yeah. So that was kind of my Meghan Markle origin story where like I knew who she was, but then I was like, wow, she's really smart. Like, she's legit. <laughs> like I really admi- like I was listening to her. I was like, I really like admire her, what she's yeah. saying, like being an 11 year old feminist. Yeah. Like that's, that's, I can't say that for myself. I think at 11, I just was going to dance class. Again, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is what I was thinking about. <laughs> um, so no, I thought that was such an amazing moment when she emerged. And I think she brought a lot of people into a royal obsession as well. And maybe let them hear it listening to this. So I thank you, Meghan Markle, for yes. doing that. Thank you, Meghan. You've done a lot for us. <laughs> Indeed. And we asked you guys to write in uh, to info at gallery podcasts with your royal origin stories. Um, and we got a bunch and they're so great and they're so long. So we're going to read a couple little clips from them. Yes. So the first one I'm going to read is from Kristen. Uh, she writes, it all started back in 1981 when my mom bought a bridal magazine featuring Prince Charles and Lady Di. When I was in college, I studied abroad in London my sophomore year and made my roommate travel to St. Andrews with me, hoping to get a glimpse of Prince William. No such luck. Amazing. News had also just broken of William and Kate's relationship with pictures emerging from a ski vacation. And I think that's when my obsession really began. I always forget that the first like emergence was from a ski vacation because that's exactly how it happens in the Fug Girls book, The Royal We, is they kiss on a ski vacation. Yeah. Like that's it's it's very thinly veiled there. <laughs> yes. Um, and Kristen continues later. My life would follow closely with William and Kate's. And I love this. I it's, love it's, what it's she's truly remarkable. I got engaged the same weekend as Will and Kate after an eight year relationship. And my husband and I now have three children. It's so spooky. My first son, Henry, was born four months before George. My second son, Charles, Charlie, was born five months before Charlotte. Charles, Charlotte. My daughter, Beatrice, was born 16 days after Louis and 10 days before Meghan and Harry's wedding. Wow. I stayed up all night to watch Will and Kate's wedding. My Megan and I, my sister and I wore white dresses, drank champagne and performed very poorly at work the next mm, day. Yes. Fast forward to Megan and Harry's wedding. And I was up all night with a 10 day old, more obsessed with the Royals than ever. 
Anyway, thank you for bringing some cheer to my week. I love sharing my obsession with so many newer royal fans. I love that. That's also, Henry, Charles, and Beatrice are great names. I think Beatrice is such a cool I name. I love Beatrice. That would be a really great Meghan and Harry baby name. But could they do that because of Princess Beatrice? Oh, yeah, that's true. Ugh, whatever. Oh, my God. Everyone's ruining everything. <laughs> Lame. Um, okay, the next one is from Elizabeth. Um, this ugh, I love all these people have so many UK connections. So my grandparents both were born in Northern Ireland and they were always loyal to the crown. They lived in an apartment in a retirement community and there wasn't much for a little girl to do when visiting there. So I spent countless hours flipping through her books on the royals, especially the one called Born to be King, Princess William of Wales, which was published. Prince William. What did I say? Princess. Oh, well, <laughs> close enough. Prince William of Wales, which was published when Wills was just a baby. I practically memorized Princess Di's clothes in that book and fell in love with William before I loved any other boy. Um, that love has followed me throughout my life, through Diana's death, the weighty Katie years, Harry's misbegotten rebellions, royal weddings and wedding gowns, and watching that darn door at the window wing to get word of George, Charlotte, and Louis' arrivals. My grandmother passed away 20 years ago, but all the royal stuff makes me feel just a little bit closer to her. And then one more story for you. After grad school, I did an internship with the BBC in London. And one of the highlights of the whole thing was that I got to call Buckingham Palace's press office for a statement on some silly thing. My coworkers made fun of me for being so excited about talking to someone who had talked to the queen. That's what is the silly thing? We have to know, Elizabeth. Please let us know the silly thing. I would love to know. Indeed. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. That was so great. Um, And so the next one that I'll read is from Sarah. Um, She writes... When I was 12 years old, my family and I took a trip to Europe and we had a six hour layover in London. It was one week before Kate Middleton was to wed Prince William and London was bustling with preparations for the occasion. Our listeners can really write. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Everywhere we looked, we saw Kate and Will's smiling faces stamped on mugs, flags, books, tea bags, and even condoms. My 10 year old sister picked one up at the gift shop and innocently queried, Mommy, can we get this? <laughs> can we find those on eBay? I bet. My birthday is coming up. You can have a really special night. Oh, ew. Sorry. Um, <laughs> never having come into contact with Royal Hullapalooza, I just gazed at the scene, jaw agape on the brink of a life-changing royal revelation. I've stayed on top of the royals every move ever since that day, celebrating the births of the Cambridge children as if they were my own family and placing bets on what their names would be. I attended a royal baby shower for George at which all the guests brought a baby gift to be given to a local charity. Oh, my God. Is that not the cutest? And then she said she's about to have a baby shower of her own. (gasps) Congratulations. Congratulations. Should we have a baby shower for baby Sussex? Yeah. Sometime in the next, you know, three to 12 weeks. Yeah. Something like that. Why not? Okay. Sounds great. Presents go to us. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's so rude. But I also love any reason to celebrate. Um, and then I have one from Kelly, um, another amazing connection to the royal family. My grandfather worked in Buckingham Palace as a footman in the 40s after coming back from serving in India during World War II. My mom has been royally obsessed since birth as a result, and she kept all of my grandfather's memorabilia from his time at Buckingham Palace in a scrapbook that we pull out every once in a while. My mom has passed her royal obsession on to me as well, and we love keeping up with everyone and watching the crown, of course. I never got to speak with my grandfather about any of this since he died just after I was born, but he created two royally obsessed monsters in me and my mom. So I thank him for that. Thanks for being my weekly uh, outlet for my obsession and God save the pod. 
Oh, I love that. I love that too. Okay, and the next one from Holly really makes me think of you, Caitlin. Oh God. You'll find out why. <laughs> oh God. Um, Holly writes, my interest in the Royals started with my mother's love of all, thing ro- all things British. She took taught me about customs and manners, clothing, food, and love of country homes and dogs, two of her favorite things. Me too. After marriage, I followed Lady Di's life, the wedding, her Sloan Ranger style, and the motherhood of their two kids, the same ages as ours. Mm. Later on, my husband accepted a new job in the UK, and we moved from our home in New Jersey... That was Surrey for a few years. Was that the only connection to me? Literally. I'm like, <laughs> Caitlin's from New Jersey. It's Can something. I just say, maybe I'll just move to Surrey? Do it. Is that an option? According to this email, it's not far from London uh, and ma- magical. I'd miss you too much. And then she continues, since I returned to the States, I have read all the great biographies of the Queen Elizabeth, uh, Prince Philip and Kate, as they are my, my royal favorites. I once wrote to Kate and received a lovely letter dictated by her to her assistant on <laughs> Kensington Palace writing paper. It is a treasure. Um, so I have one more. Um, it's also from someone who got a letter back on Palace Stationery. I really need to do that. Yeah, I know. I always hear people doing that, and I've never done that before. But the thing is, do you have stamps? <laughs> I like That's the one thing holding me back from a letter from Kate Middleton is buying stamps for myself. I don't know. I, I don't want to blow up anyone's spot, but I recently <laughs> had to help somebody because it didn't have any stamps or an envelope, and I was like... Millennials are the worst. I was like, come on, guy. We're the worst. Um, someone who's not the worst is Elise. Um, hey, ladies, my story starts back in the 90s, a.k.a. peak Princess Diana. Um, my mother is first generation Canadian. <gasps> Her parents being from China. How did that not remind you of me? <laughs> it's a given. It's a given. Um, she said she remembers um, when Princess Diana died in 1997. I remember my mom watching it on TV and explaining to me more in depth who she was, what happened, and what the world had lost when she passed. At the time, my mom also explained that this meant that her two sons, who were only slightly older than my brother and I, would be left without a mom. She wanted to remind us that we were lucky to have our family and that those boys will have a lifelong struggle to cope with their loss. I insisted to my mom that I wanted to write a letter to Prince Harry to express how sorry I was for his loss and that if he needed anyone to talk to, I would gladly be his pen pal. I received a letter back from the official stationery of the royal family thanking me for my letter and words of encouragement that the family greatly appreciated it during these tough times. So maybe I wasn't technically pen pals with Harry, but I can say I've only written two letters to people I don't know, Santa Claus and Prince Harry and I only ever received a response from one. God save the pot. This Elise. one just like pulled on I all know, my heartstrings. I, know. I just love like the purity of a child being like I want to help that little boy on TV and writing a letter about it. And it's just it goes to show like how connected we all feel to this family yeah. like around the world because obviously we've said this many times like we are not in the UK so we don't have like any of the feelings that you know like, we don't have to deal with like the UK aspect of it like we're we're just yeah. like people across the pond looking at this family and feeling connected to them. And there are so many others. Yeah. And it's just so magical. And so also Elise, your mom sounds awesome. Yeah. Shout out to Elise's mom. Yeah. A Canadian. Hello. (laughs) Um, And so my last letter, which will be the last letter that we're going to do is from Nancy. And the subject is my tawdry royal love affair. Hell yeah. Which I'm like, I'm here for it. (laughs) Tell me what's happening. We don't say tawdry enough. I know going to introduce it to my vocab (laughs) along with all the different phrases I learned from the Real Housewives. Of course. (laughs) So she writes, congrats on 50 episodes. I adore your pod. Every time I listen, it feels like I finally have some gal pals who share my excitement over Kate Middleton's new anything rather than judging me for it. 
my royal obsession story starts with the coverage of William and Kate's 2007 breakup. I was 13 years old when I saw pictures of the previously happy couple splashed across the news while I got ready for school, and I was immediately hooked. Being from the U.S., I didn't even realize that the royal family still existed, and now I needed to know everything. Who are these people? Why did they break up? Is it because Prince William is saving himself for me? <laughs> That's such a 13-year-old girl to think. <laughs> like, I can help him. And it was like, oh my God, it's because of me. I did it this. It's because of me. Um, she says, well, it turns out he was not, in fact, waiting for me to knock on the palace door. What started as a celeb crush became a genuine interest in royal life, fashion, and social influence. I am now a huge fan of the Fab Four, look forward to their engagements, and openly freak out when we see new pictures of the Cambridge children. Seriously, Louis might be in college before we see him again. <laughs> Whoa, I feel like that's an attack on Caitlin. <laughs> just made a high pitch hopping noise. <laughs> Thank you, Nancy. Thank you to everyone. This is uh, so fun. So nice. Part of the excitement of having this podcast and doing 50 episodes, which I'm still pinching myself over and getting tipsy over. <laughs> I'm quite tipsy now. But it it's just been so special to like connect with people and yeah. hear all these stories. Absolutely. It's been absolutely wonderful. And thank you for listening. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, we have some highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. Caitlin, please take us through your low. Okay, um, my low is, well, I I don't know if it's a low, but uh, Prince Philip announced that he's giving up his driver's license. I don't know what to do with it. I mean, it's a high because he shouldn't be driving. It's a high because I guess it's safety. I didn't really like want to weigh in one way or the other about whether... I retract my statement. I know. It's more like I don't want to say what old people should or shouldn't be allowed to do, obviously. But, you know, it does seem like a safety issue. I don't know. Whatever. He gave up his driver's license. That's that. Yeah. He clearly enjoyed driving. So I guess I'm sad for him. But I'm happy for the safety of the, you know people of Windsor. So whatever. That's Milo. Milo is a two-parter. Oh dear. One is the malarkey. (laughs) I love every new word we come up with. I'm sick of the malarkey. It's got to stop. Mm -hmm. Two is that you haven't had as much champagne as me. Listen, if I drank any more, I wouldn't be able to continue speaking. I'm struggling to do it now. Okay. It's so different for me because it's like really snowy and slushy and rainy outside. So I'm like, I need to drink more so that I don't notice no. it. I It's like 2 a.m. my time. I just got off an airplane. My whole face is very dry. You look beautiful. Thank you. You would say that. Um, <laughs> my high is that the Sussex duo announced that they're going to go to Morocco this month. That's amazing. That is amazing. There was a a moment of malarkey about the fact that she's going to be super pregnant when she goes, but like whatever. I don't care. I want to see them in Morocco. How fun. Oh my God. I want to go to Morocco. Yeah. Have you been? I have been. I spent my 30th birthday there. (sighs) Caitlin's been I love traveling, you guys. It's one of my life's great joys. I'm Caitlin. I'm so (laughs) well-traveled and beautiful and smart. It's a great place to turn 30. I highly recommend it. Um, But yeah, I just want to... I can't wait to see what they do. They're only going... It's like a three-day trip, but I love it. I love royal visits. The pictures will be amazing. And it's also... Oscar weekend so it's gonna be a really busy time oh you're gonna have to be blogging so much I know I've already like told my bosses I'm like I need to be on they're like yeah you do but okay that's a bit of a low then for me but it's a high that they're going to Morocco how about you my high is okay 
It's complicated because it deals with the aforementioned malarkey that I don't like. Okay. But George Clooney came to Megan's defense. Not that she... What a sentence, first of all. Yeah. I mean, she's a strong, independent woman, does not need a man (laughs) to defend her. She's got her five anonymous friends. She's doing just fine. And they're all women. So like feminism, female power, girl power, etc. But he... I remember this as a kid because I had such a giant crush on... George Clooney, even though I would have been 10 years old at the time. So that's That's been the secret theme of this episode. It's 50th, but it's also our childhood crushes. (laughs) Yeah. Crushes of the late 90s. Well, I liked ER. Well, sure. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) our producer Matt's laughing at us. We made him crack a smile. So anyway, um, I remember after Princess Diana died, George Clooney spoke out. He spoke against the tabloids and the paparazzi because obviously her car crash happened after a chase with photographers and it's so tragic and so he was asked at a press conference for his new hulu show catch 22 i haven't watched the trailer i just had to write that out so i know Mm -hmm. that it exists Mm -hmm. um but he was asked if he was going to be the royal godfather or godparent with amal because people like were reporting that he might be and he said like no he has enough and i'm not gonna swear s-h-i-t to deal with on his own (laughs) and he said literally because he has baby yeah he has twins but then he said that megan is being vilified and chased the same way that diana was and i'm not even gonna like get into the specifics of that because i know that people have their own opinions on it but i just think it's really nice that he's like guys back off her like not only is she pregnant but she's like a person like leave her alone yeah that's not a quote. That's a paraphrasing. And also emphasis mine. Also, I noted that you wrote about this for the cut. And in your description of George Clooney, you said like actor and Casamigos tycoon George Clooney, which felt like a direct nod to me. I'll take it as a nod to me. I can't help it. I can't see him without thinking about Casamigos. Uh, he's had an amazing career and you're like, Casamigos It sold for like a billion dollars. That's a lot of money to sell a company for. And I should know, I listened to a podcast about startups recently. <laughs> His life is really great. Um, anyway, all right, that's an acceptable high. I'll take it. And of course, the greatest high of all, 50 episodes. Woo-wee. And thank, we and thank you guys so much as always for listening thank you for being on this journey with us Indeed. and thank you for your nice comments if you leave them <laughs> um so you guys can drop us an email at info gallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions about the royals also my grandmother wrote me an email saying that we don't enunciate that clearly info at gallerypodcasts.com is it okay if i say this oh, please your grandmother also left us a review <laughs> she did she did you can seek it out. It's it's not. We're not going to say which one, but just <laughs> which one seems like it was written by Caitlin's grandmother. Indeed, and amazing it, that she could find iTunes and do that. Honestly, my mom won't even. Exactly. So. I know my mom's not listening. I wish you were. <laughs> anyway, um, please remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us the five star review on Apple Podcasts. Here's a real review from. Well, we can't say their name because it's like they just it's typed just gibberish. Back and forth. Yeah, it's like. S-D-K-G-A semicolon (laughs) (laughs) a lot of letters would you like to read this sure I'm a secret Royals fan but don't know many people IRL who share my love of all things Royal I keep I feel like a lot of our reviews start that way and I'm so sad for you guys living these isolated Royals lives without someone to talk to on the daily well my only friend that I could talk about the Royals with before our beautiful friendship 
was my friend Alex, who we went to bitch sesh with. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Just surround yourself with more royals, people. It's very sad. Mm -hmm. I've absolutely fallen in love with this podcast. It's a fun, escapist, chatty break from the heaviness of everything going on in the world. And I love the at times tongue-in-cheek tone and how much fun the hosts seem to be having while recording it. Indeed, we are. We have a lot of fun. (laughs) Listening feels like hanging out with your funnest girlfriends. I would personally love to crack a bottle of rosé champagne with the hosts anytime. That's That's, what you're doing right now. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what we did. It's Chandon, which is fancy. It's very fancy. Rose California rosé. Yeah, it was for this very special occasion. No beers from the fridge for us this week. Nope. Um, but yes, thank you so much for writing in person with a gibberish handle. We love you. Three out of three listeners found this review helpful. <laughs> um, you guys can follow the show on Instagram at Really Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Really Obsessed. You can follow me, Lisa, at Lisa Raya on Twitter and Instagram and read my writing at The Cut. And you can follow me, Caitlin, at HeyKMenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z on Twitter and Instagram. And you can read all of my collected writing at CaitlinMenza.com. I highly recommend following Caitlin if you have any interest in Portugal. She posted (laughs) a lot from there. I made a little highlight, which is my first time doing that, like an influencer. Yeah, it's, it's harder than you would think. It's dumb. But they're all there. And thank you, everyone who sent me recommendations. I had a lot of DMs from royally obsessed listeners. So loved that. Thanks, guys. I felt like I was there with you. But I wasn't. <laughs> you were all there with me. I was working. <laughs> but yeah, follow me to catch up there. Anyway, thanks again to everyone for listening. Happy 50. 50, 50 episodes. Woo woo. That's a lot. <laughs> um, so I guess until next week. Until 51. Oh, 51. Indeed. God save the pod. Woo. Hey. We should finish the bottle. I mean, I'm definitely chugging it. I won't be able to walk through <laughs> Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.